This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Hey guys, welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. I'm Coach John, and I'm sitting here at the table with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, John. I'm doing good today, man. I'm excited to be here again, and I'm excited we were able to get out to my uh, garage gym and do a little bit of filming for some stuff. So, man, I've just been pumped up all week. I'm very, very excited about all the work we've done this week. we got a lot of stuff filmed for you guys. we got some really cool projects coming down the line. I mean... You know, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we're working on a strength program that's going to be built by pro wrestlers and specifically for pro wrestlers. Yeah. So you got to follow us, guys. You got to stay in touch with us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you can. Listen to the podcast so we can keep you updated on when this stuff is going to be available because it's a big passion project of ours because we're really trying to get you guys the best results that you can. Maximize your minutes in the gym, which when I say gym, I'm talking your home gym, your garage gym, your, your the place where you work out, wherever that may be. So, guys, we're, we're looking out for you, and we're going to try to bring you some really cool stuff in the very near future. Yeah. All right, guys. So today, we're going to talk about something else that I'm super passionate about because it's coming from the mouth of someone that I am such a huge admirer of. So today's episode of the podcast is William Regal's advice on how to become a pro wrestler. So... You know, William Regal is one of the most respected performers in pro wrestling, period. A lot of the times that's, that's based on the, the guys that really pull back the curtain and know what it makes to be a great pro wrestler and, and, and what it looks like in the ring and whatnot. I, I won't say he's the most, you know, uh, um, high-starred wrestler of all time and whatnot, but to the people that know what they're looking for, he's one of the most respected performers in pro wrestling history. He's the on-screen boss right now for WWE NXT, and in real life, He's a talent scout for the entire company. He goes to places, and he's one of the most trusted individuals when it comes to recognizing a quality talent that they want to bring into the company. So Regal's contributions in and out of the ring have earned him the respect of his peers and fans alike. All right, so we've talked about this in a previous episode you can go back and listen to. It is our episode on what to expect in a WWE tryout when I go through my experience at Raw and SmackDown backstage in WWE. So I was lucky enough to spend two full days with William Regal during extra work for Raw and SmackDown. Um, I'd like to share some of his infinite wisdom here, right here on the podcast, as well as discuss an article that William Regal himself published on some of his best bits of advice for young aspiring pro wrestlers. Today, we're going to dive into all that information, guys. We're going to jump right to it. But first off, I want you to head on over to Facebook. All you got to do is type in how to become a pro wrestler in the search bar and join our private Facebook group. That is the best place for you to stay up to date with the podcast, with the videos, with any projects we have coming up, and also to speak directly to myself and Aaron and any of your peers that are also following how to become a pro wrestler. So head on over there and join up, guys. All right, so let's dive right into it. William Regal's tips on becoming a pro wrestler or sports entertainer. So, you know, Regal's worked for WWE for, for decades now. Mm -hmm. So 
we're going to talk specifically kind of about what it takes to be a WWE superstar. A little bit beyond that, but all, but you know, that's where he's working right now. And that's the, the top, right? That's where a lot of guys are aspiring to be. So we're going to be relating a lot of that back to that. And like I said, when I spent those that weekend with him, it was in the WWE. So it takes a lot more work to be a WWE superstar than a few different pro wrestling holds and throws. And real quick on that note that he, that he wrote that, but on that note real quick, we've talked about this in the past. Aaron and I discussed this. When you go through the WWE's like criteria for what they're looking for in future wrestlers, there's nowhere in there does it say you need to know how to do a headlock. And I know that that's, that's a little, uh, a lot of, a lot, that's controversial for probably a lot of old timers in wrestling. I understand that. And yes, I'm sure they expect you to have at least a base level knowledge of pro wrestling in some way or another, but they're mostly looking for larger than life personalities that are also athletic and have a lot of charisma. So Anyway, back into William Regal's thoughts here. You must develop all of your skills, and that usually comes, you know, um, from getting help from more experienced pros. All right, so that's kind of what Aaron and I are here for. We're here to help you and guide you in the right direction, give you these bits of knowledge and what not. But someone like William Regal has infinite knowledge, so that's one of the most experienced pros you're ever going to hear from, and that's why I wanted to do this episode today. So during my weekend, as an extra for Raw and SmackDown, Regal told us personally that he never had to be told to ask for help and guidance. And, you know, never never to this day has he stopped working on his skills. So, hey, and this, this is a great thing to hear from William Regal because Aaron and I talked about this recently. Sitting around the locker room texting or playing games and whining, it doesn't get you anywhere, guys. No one owes you a living in pro wrestling, okay? You have to, you, you started it for a reason, right? You're interested for a reason. You need to constantly be trying to work towards getting more help and more guidance. Never stop working on your skills. So that was something that I loved hearing from Regal where he said, you know, nobody had to kick me in the butt and tell me to, hey, learn something. He was always trying to learn more and more and more to this day, to this very day now, even outside of being an in-ring performer. Yeah, I love that. No one owes you a living. I love that. No one owes you a living, guys. You got to think about that when it comes to being a pro wrestler. So here's, here's one of the main reasons Aaron and I started this entire company in the first place. So find a school with a good reputation and a trainer who has a great pedigree. Now, that's one of the most difficult things to do, guys. And again, that's why we started this company in the first place. We're trying to set a standard for exactly how you can get and receive and retain knowledge in pro wrestling and how you might be able to do it from the comfort of your own home. But Regal has a great point here. Finding a, not just finding a trainer that's going to, I don't know, take your money and teach you a couple things or run you off even, but finding a great trainer that has a great reputation and a great pedigree, meaning he has a, a prior list of, of at least talented individuals, whether they became stars or not. He himself is obviously talented in wrestling, and the people that he's trained are talented in wrestling as well. So let's go through some of the things that William Regal talks about when it comes to training as a professional wrestler. Learn the basics properly. And I think properly is the ideal word there, because I think a lot of times we learn the basics we learn our front rolls, we learn our back bumps, we learn our headlocks, our, our collar and elbow tie-ups and whatnot, and we think that's it. We think it's good. We f- quit practicing them because we've already learned them. You have to learn them properly, efficiently. You have to do these things and do them well and never stop doing them. You never stop practicing the basics, guys. At the very, very least, you should be an absolute master of the fundamentals of pro wrestling. You have to be. So as long as you have that down, as long as you have the absolute essentials down, you can go anywhere in the world and be a pro wrestler. All right. So yeah. Yeah, I was watching um, uh-huh. 
AEW the other night, uh-huh. and uh, Darby mm-hmm. was wrestling, and he started doing basically just a roll, like a front roll or yeah. a single arm roll. Sure. And I would start counting them because that's just a basic yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah. And he did 10 of them. <laughs> like in that match. That was great. Just like going yeah. underneath the clothesline right. or something. And, yeah, yeah. and I was like, dude, that, I mean, it looked amazing though, yes. but it was just a basic, simple it, move. Because, you know, basic, simple move and done to perfection. Yes, you know? he can do it, well. He can do it that many times because he does it really well and it's effective and it fits his style. And yeah, for his so. size and his style. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. So you're absolutely right. So. You know, another point that William Regal makes here is get and stay in good conditioning. And there's a big difference from looking like you're in conditioning to actually being in good conditioning, which is something we've talked about here before. Show muscles versus go muscles. Something I've said on this podcast numerous, numerous times. And we've done episodes in the past, plenty of episodes, where we try to um, combine the worlds of fitness and pro wrestling together into an efficient formula Meaning we're not just working out and working at being a pro wrestler. We're doing things in the gym that make us more efficient as pro wrestlers, which goes right back to what Aaron and I were talking about at the beginning about the programs that we've got coming out for you guys in the future, where we're actually have you in the gym doing things that are going to make you better in the ring. So that there's a huge difference on just working out, growing a few muscles or Looking great, yes, building your muscles, looking like a phenomenal pro wrestler, but also being in good enough shape to perform in the ring. So work hard, guys. Have respect for pro wrestling. Just like I said a moment ago, you started this for a reason, right? Or you're listening to this podcast for a reason, or you're considering beginning your journey as a pro wrestler for a reason. You got to work hard start to finish, guys, and have respect for pro wrestling. Things like good manners go a long way. We've talked about an episode in the past where we talked about how to make a good first impression in any locker room. And just having good manners, introducing yourself and being polite to everyone, staying to help, staying to watch the show, getting feedback from the people that you can determine are, you know, um, that deserve to give feedback in the locker rooms, the veterans of the locker room, and knowing who those people are and staying around them and hearing their opinions. Treating people the way you would like to be treated. I mean, a lot of these rules apply to just life in general. Times 10 in a locker room, guys. It goes a long way to have good manners in a professional wrestling locker room. All right, so you're training to be a pro wrestler, right? So let's talk about exactly what those skills need to look like when you start practicing and performing them in ring or in matches even. So make every single thing that you do in the ring mean something or don't bother doing it. Actually, I I said in the ring. That goes for everything. Everything that you do should mean something or you shouldn't bother doing it. Meaning, if you're following a program in the gym that calls for you to do, I don't know, a bench press or something, perform that movement with meaning. Make it happen and make it happen properly. Don't just go through the motions and get in there and just say, well, I have to do this and I've done it in the past, so let me do it now. If you go into that gym with the intention of taking a movement like the bench press and doing what it's meant to do, which is build a a heck of a chest and create a lot of upper body power, then you're going to be in a much better headspace than if you just go in there and go through the motions, okay? Same thing in the ring. If you're going to do something in the ring, if you're going to do a certain move or a certain action or move a certain way or roll a certain way or say a certain thing on the microphone, do it with meaning. Otherwise, why else would you do it? All right? Have conviction when you do your things in the ring. Make people believe in you. So study the greats and the people who get the great ones, you know, the admiration from the great people. It's very, very important, guys. There is someone that inspired you, right? 
someone inspired you to be a great pro wrestler or to be a pro wrestler in, in one way or another. Whoever that may be, from Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair to Stone Cold to Brian Danielson, I, I don't know who it may be. Study those people that really caught your eye in the first place. I was a, I am still a lifelong fan of Christopher Daniels. So the pro wrestler Christopher Daniels, he he's he was in AEW. He's still a member of AEW. I don't think he's an active wrestler right now. He does a lot of backstage stuff. But Christopher Daniels was such a crucial part of me becoming a pro wrestler. And there came a time when I had to kind of suspend my fandom and watch him from a different perspective. I had to be like, okay, I love this guy. He does something for me that makes me want to become a pro wrestler. What is it? What is he doing that inspires me so greatly to think that I can do this? And it was a lot of the stuff he was doing in early TNA where he was, um, uh, he was calling himself the Fallen Angel and he had this really cool mystique, this character and everything he did with his hands, everything he said on the microphone, the way he dressed, it just really resonated with me. It was such a cool character that I loved watching. And then the bell would ring and he would perform flawless execution of everything in the ring. Just the basics were absolutely phenomenal. And it didn't matter if he was winning or losing. It was just a tremendous treat to watch every time. So find those people, because you may, you may be able to, if I, if I ask you right now to think, who inspired you to be a pro wrestler? And you probably have a name in the front of your mind. Now that you have that name, and you can think of all the great matches you've watched them have, or the great promos you've listened to them cut, go back Watch those things again, not from a fan's perspective, but from a peer's perspective. Yeah. Be like, what about this? What about this match is so good? What did they do that really makes me say, oh, this is a five-star match. This is amazing. This is why I want to be a wrestler. Why, though? I know you're, you're getting the emotion, right? Because you're a fan, so you're getting the emotion, the, mo the emotional connection. But what is it you know, mentally and physically that's causing you to love it so much? You'll get such a great perspective, and, and it's, it never hurts to go back and watch a great match. So do that and really watch your favorite performers with a critical eye. So again, we're going to harp on this a lot, guys, but this is Regal's next point. Get a good base of the basics and then perfect them. Do not take the basics for granted. I've already covered that quite a bit already, but I, I had to hit it again because he wrote it again. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with taking the basics. Actually, there's everything right with it, with being absolutely ruthlessly perfect at doing the basics. So keep that in mind, guys. Keep it in mind. Um, work at perfecting your skills, but be honest with yourself. If there are things that you don't do well, then you should avoid doing them. And that doesn't mean you can't work on your flaws, like in, in, the, in the practice time, whatnot, you know, when you're actually working on your flaws, maybe you can get better at something. But I've talked about this before on the podcast as well. If there is a movement, if there is something that, that you try to do in the ring that never, ever works out for you, at some point you have to give it up. And that might be as simple as I suck at throwing a chop, like the old Ric Flair knife edge chop. There are guys that want to do that move as a matter of fact, I'm kind of one of them. I, I, I love Ric Flair. I would consider him the greatest wrestler of all time. And because of that love and admiration, I would throw chops sometimes in my own matches. And the truth is, I'm not that great at it. They don't make a great sound. It might be my execution. It might just be you know, yeah, my technique. It might be because my hands aren't the right size or, or, or they're all crusted over from deadlifting too much. I don't know. But they don't make the right sound. I don't have the right effect. I don't get that great response from the crowd when I throw them. I have to give it up. 
I do, however, have some pretty darn good forearms. I throw some really good elbows. They look really crisp and clean, and fans believe in them every time. So I'm going to focus far more on that. I'm good at kicking. I'm good at things like that. That's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to give up chopping. Maybe I'm going to practice the chopping on my own time and bring it back if I feel confident in trying it again. Or I'm just going to limit myself. I'm not going to throw 10 a match. I'm going to throw one a match. Yeah. That's another way to look at it. But avoid doing the things, you know, if you're truly, truly honest with yourself, self-awareness goes such a long way in life in general, but especially in pro wrestling. Be self-aware enough to go like, okay, I like doing this because I'm a fan and this is a cool move, but it never gets a really good effect, never gets a good response from the crowd, never even looks that great on camera. Maybe I got to give it up. So... Guys, just keep that in mind. You know, um, most people's egos won't allow them to think that they do something badly. Don't be that person. All right? Do not be that person. I love that one, man. Yeah. That, that's a big one. It really, really is. Um, even in the gym. So, like, we're relating this to the gym real quick. I, and I even mentioned deadlifting a few seconds ago. So, like, I'm not the world's greatest deadlifter, um, especially on a traditional, conventional, straight barbell. I'm not the greatest deadlifter of all time. But I have found... That if I go to something like a uh, like a, a trap bar or whatever you want to call it, you know the, the that bar, yeah. I have a very efficient, very powerful deadlift. I can do lots and lots of weight, and it doesn't really hurt my back at all. So you have to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not a competitive power lifter, you probably don't need to do straight barbell deadlift for the most part. I mean, you know, there, there, every there's no inherently bad exercise, but there may be one that's more prioritized, you know, for what you're actually trying to, to accomplish. So just keep that in mind and don't let your ego get in the way. Yeah, definitely. Because when that, you're that, gonna that, end up yeah, end up injuring yourself or your career or whatever, I mean there's no there's no reason to do that. Yep. Just be honest with yourself and that crosses everything from working out to in the ring to Absolutely. your cutting your promos or speaking or whatever. Yeah, love it. All right guys. So of course you've heard us talk about this one so much and we're never gonna stop talking about it. Practice your talking skills. And I, I have to tell you right now, it's very satisfying. I'm about to get into it. Uh, the, the bullet points that William Regal wrote here, because I feel like there are a lot of the same bullet points that Aaron and I covered on our promo episode. Go back and listen. We do a whole episode on how to structure a pro wrestling promo. So let's talk about what William Regal wrote here and see how much it relates to the ones that I said in, the, in, in our own podcast. Practice your talking skills using a mirror or a camera, film yourself, work on every single detail. Pay attention to your facials, your cheekbones, your mouth, your lips, your nose. Pay attention to your eyes especially and your mannerisms. This stuff matters, guys. Really, really focus. The way that you say something can be changed dramatically just by making a different mannerism or facial expression. All right, Your eyes can tell an incredible story, and I know for a fact here in a little bit we're going to talk about eyes more because Regal gets really deep on eyes here in a little bit. Um, it matters how you say something. If you're trying to express anger or sadness or resentment or whatever you're trying to accomplish in your promos, it matters what your face looks like. It really, really does. It's not just about screaming in one way. You know, Ric Flair would scream a lot. It worked for him tremendously. Jake the Snake would talk quietly and it worked for him tremendously. There's, there's no right or wrong, but you have to practice to know what works best for you. I got a question yeah, here. Yeah, please. So... Say you got a guy mm -hmm. that wears a mask, mm -hmm. and it's a little bit harder to show those yeah. facial expressions. <clears throat> right. Um, you know, is there any, evidently, still film yourself, watch sure. in the mirror, but any other tips that may be good for that? I think body English is going to be the biggest thing that you can do at this point, getting your hands and shoulders involved. Also, uh, depending on the mask, of course, if your eyes are still visible, your eyes are still a huge 
part. If your mouth is still visible, that's still a huge part. There are masks out there that cover the, the eyes and mouth. Hey, I'm not going to lie. You're making it harder on yourself. Now, you may be making it easier in another way because masks look really cool. If you're a, if you're a baby face, fans probably love the way the mask looks. Maybe you're selling masks. Um, you better be, if, especially right. if you're if you're over as a character and whatnot. Um, so if the mask completely covers your face, you're 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 going to have a, a little bit tougher time connecting visually with facial expressions. You're going to have to get your shoulders, your arms, your chest, and stuff involved as well. And then there are masks out there. I was watching. You, you mentioned AEW all ago. I'll say right now, I was watching AEW Dark last night. Um, because my very good friend, Luke Langley, made his debut on AEW Dark last night. So shout out to Luke Langley. Yep. It was tremendous seeing him on television. It made me, it just made my heart happy because he is such a quality, hardworking man. He used to always tell me how he was going to retire at 30, and now he's over 30 and he's debuting for AEW. Okay. So not signed to a contract or anything. I'm just saying he, he had a dark match. And it was it was just wonderful to see him though. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, I love seeing that. But um, what, another person that I know personally and that I consider a friend in a in a you know a lesser way, but just because I don't know him that well, is Fuego del Sol, who is signed to AEW, um, who I've met numerous times. And Fuego's mask allows him to still give eyes and mouth as well. You can still see that, and he still has a really cool mask. So you might think about that if you're. Already wearing a mask that works really well for you and it's covering your face completely, you're going to have to start thinking about that body English more. If you are coming up in pro wrestling and you're like, I think I'm going to be a masked character, whether you're Hispanic and you want to go lucha or whatever you want to do, that's great. That's fine. You may think about, if you haven't designed your mask yet, you may now think about like, should I keep my eyes visible? Should I keep my mouth visible? Is that going to yeah. give me a leg up? Um, is it going to hurt or harm my character the way I want to see myself visually? So you got to think about that, guys. But it's really going to come into that that body English and the effect of your voice. So be able to use your voice, record yourself, you know, higher pitched, lower pitches, all that good stuff. Deliver an angry promo loudly, record yourself, deliver it subtly with, with more dulcet tones, record yourself, watch them both back to back and see what's more effective to you. You know, there you go. They give you, give you a little bit better idea of what you can do. Um, all right. So next on his list, I love this one because this is something that I, still do to this day if I ever perform, you know, in a wrestling sitting in front of crowds at all. Look into the world and find things that you can use to develop your character. That might be films, it might be television shows, and anything else that grabs your attention. So I am a huge comic book fan, and I based a lot of my personal character, the John Cross character, I based a lot off of a character called Ozymandias, from the Watchmen comic book. So a lot of my a lot of my inspiration came from watching that character. A lot of my my bad guy stuff especially came from watching that character. I just loved the way that he portrayed himself, that he dressed, um, the entourage that he kept as well. Um, I was a huge, huge fan, so I took a lot from that. But your inspiration may be an action film or a comic book film or or, or a gangster film or or let you know anything else it could be. So films, TV shows Anything, you know, even public speakers, I've came across, you know, great quotes and stuff from athletes of all different walks of life. And I'd be like, man, that applies really well to wrestling. I'm going to put that in a promo. That's another important thing. Write stuff down, guys. If you hear a really cool line and you're like, man, I love the way that sounds. I think that would sound great in a promo. You better write it down right there. Pull up a note on your phone and type it down real quick so you don't forget it. And then try to work it into something in the future. You might find a place for it. You'll never know. I, I To this day, I have a notepad on my phone that I can open up and it just has 
random musings. I'm talking dozens upon dozens of quotes, inspirational quotes, or bad guy quotes from movies, or good guy quotes from history and or presidents of the past and all this stuff. And I can just go through there. And if I ever need to take inspiration, I can just pull from that list yeah. and I can get a little inspired. If, if I, if I'm in a passionate heated feud with an ultimate rival um, and it's personal, there it might be a personal quote in there. Like, you know, that would fit that feud very well. Keep track of that stuff guys. Cause I promise it'll come in handy in the future. You'll have stuff to pull from. Yeah. I think that's great. One of the um, quotes, I can't remember who said it. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a business uh, marketing guy mm-hmm. and he says like familiar with novelty. Okay. Like that's how you want to put your things. Yeah. And in my head, you say comic books. So this made me sure. think of like Spider-Man. You have the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like familiar with novelty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it has the different characters Absolutely. that are coming out of that. Yeah. So I think that's a, you know, just a way to kind of look at it. You got, you're adding all the things from the TV, your comic books or whatever. It's familiar, right. but you add your own little special piece in there to make it, make kind of it your own, yeah. you know, relate it to yourself as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, this next point that he makes is tough, but it's crucial. I mean, there's no way around it. You have to learn how to read people's emotions. Um, this tip is absolutely invaluable. People do not just boo or cheer guys. You have to learn how to make them go the way that you want them to go. Or, or, or if they're leaning one way, you may be able to intensify their reactions. Um, this is not one that I can just fully explain to you. I can't sit here and tell you like, here's how you read people's emotions. All I can really say is be interactive with your crowd, be attentive to them. Um, don't ignore them and forget that they're there. We say often as, as pro wrestlers, or you'll hear the veterans or whoever say like, you gotta work the crowd. That is true. But it's so it's it's such little of the information that you need. You need to yeah. work the crowd. Yes, you need to learn how to hear and use their emotions, either for or against them. You may want them to turn different. I mean, they may be. You may be. The, I've seen this before. I've seen bad guys go to the ring, and I've seen the fans like really fall in love with the bad guy for no real reason. Other, you know, the bad guy's doing his job, but maybe. Maybe he's too cool. Like there's, there's all kinds of different... That, that's, that's sort of the story of Stone Cold. You know, he was a villain and um, a, a hellraiser and anti-establishment and all that. And it just became too cool. So they leaned into it and he didn't change a darn thing except for, um, you know, he started attacking the bad guy, the other bad guys that were on the show. And all of a sudden he's a good guy. So um, you don't always have control over that as your character on the card or whatnot. But I'm just saying you have to listen to the crowd and don't just ignore them. So if they're leaning a certain way, if they're acting, reacting a certain way, I, I, I want you to really catch on to that, listen to it, try to think. You might not be able to do it in the moment. It takes a very skilled performer to do that in the moment in the middle of a match. But you can probably do that afterwards in hindsight. And the next time you can apply whatever knowledge you know to your next match. So you want to learn how to actually use the fans. Make them boo. Make them cheer. Make them loud. You don't want them sitting on their hands. So learn how to do that, guys. Learn how to read people's emotions, and that's just going to take constant reps out there in front of fans. And not just you. Remember, I also asked you to do what in the past? Watch the monitor. Watch the fans. Or if you can at a show, a lot of times I'll do this. Even when I was wrestling on a show, I would go out and try to stand in the back row of the crowd or something. And just really, sometimes I would watch the crowd during a match and just be like, what? so what are they doing? Why are they reacting this way? Are they reacting to the people in the ring? Are they bored and they're doing their own thing? So you got to really think about that, guys. And it takes just lots of reps either in the ring or at the shows watching the stuff yourself. So, all right, guys, 
we got more to talk about, but real quick, I want you to drop us your email, okay? All you got to do is follow the link that I'll put in the notes to this show. Also, just head on over to Facebook, find our private group. Drop your email to us because we send out cool videos every single week, guys. Tips and tricks and all kinds of neat stuff that you can only get on our email list. No junk, no garbage mail. Yeah. All good quality stuff. Pro wrestling training delivered directly to your inbox for free, guys, for free. So let us know your email address and anybody else you think would benefit from that stuff. Let us know. All right, so let's talk about making it specifically to the WWE. So that's the top of the pyramid, right? So to make it to the WWE, you have to be very adaptable and willing to make any character or opportunity work. That's straight from William Regal right there, guys. Um, That's very good advice, and here's some more. So this is tremendous. I love this one, and uh, I want you guys to really think about this as I say it here. This is directly from Regal himself. So... Make a list of the worst possible situations and character traits that you could possibly be asked to do. Now, take that list, make up a character, make up some promos involving all those traits, and work on perfecting that character and that promo on your own, not during the show day or anything. like. Don't wait until the day of. Do that on your own. Make those things second nature to yourself. So let me break that down just a little bit more. Um, And I know that he says it here in a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Um, It's actually in the next paragraph. Let me just read through this. So um, now, you know, after you do what we're about to talk about, you're going to take away some of your fears of getting labeled with a character that you weren't really comfortable with because here's what happens, guys. Um, Very few people that come to the WWE end up being the character that they envisioned in the first place. You have to keep that in mind, okay? So now that I've said that, I wanted to get that out there to you, that it's very likely that the character, the persona that you are right now or that you maybe have in your mind if you haven't started yet or maybe the one that's worked on the independent circuit Mm -hmm. might not be the one that you get to do inside of the big company. And this is where you want to thrive and live and survive and make a living, right? So you're going to have to be able to adapt or you're going to drown. I mean, if you go there and you stick to your guns 100% and you say no, no, no to everything that they throw at you, you're probably not going to last very long, okay? Um, I hate to say that, but it's true. But here's what you do. You make a list, just like Regal said there. What are the worst possible things they could do to you? If you are a rough and tough biker and it's always worked for you and you get there and they want to make you a, I don't know, a cartoonish character. They want to make you a clown, a literal clown, a doink the clown. Um, Think about that's an extreme example, guys. But think about it, okay? Think about that. Think of think of a dozen or more, as many as possible, no limits of the worst possible scenarios that you could be labeled, and then take each one of those and think of well, I don't ever want to be this character, but if I was, this is how I would use my facial expressions, yeah. and if I was, this is the promo that I would cut, and this is the stuff I would talk about, and this is how I would move my hands and my feet and my face, and this is how I'd walk to the ring, and this is the music that I think I would use. If you do that, and like it's like Regal said, do this on your own time. You can't do this the day of a show ever. This is your homework as a pro wrestler because you're constantly what? Trying to learn and adapt and get better. So do this. Work really hard at this. Do a character a day, you know, for, for a week or two weeks or, you know, whatever, a month. And all of a sudden, if you get to, say, the WWE or even AEW or anywhere else, any of the big paying promotions that are out there, and they ask you to do something that otherwise you would be totally uncomfortable doing, if you've at least practiced it or thought about it at home or wrote it down on a piece of paper, you're going to be a lot more comfortable. It's going to take a lot of the fear away. So there you go, guys. That is such a great bit of advice, I think, to just don't, you know, 
this this kind of this this relates to real life. This is something that I've said to lots of people, lots of wrestlers, and lots of just professionals, and, and even in fitness and whatnot. Stuff is usually usually never as bad as you make it out to be. So I've I've had some situations where I've dreaded something. I've like dreaded. Um, I mean, in one, and I guess related to this episode of the podcast, I dreaded kind of working for WWE, even though it was a dream of mine. I kind of dreaded, like, oh my god, it's going to be so nerve wracking. I'm going to be so crazy stressed out all day long, and you dread it a lot. It's never really as bad as you think it's going to be, though. You get there, and all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I'm a wrestler, and I'm pretty confident in my abilities, so I can handle this. Like, I can do this. It's never quite as bad as you think it is. But when it comes to these characters, if you do that. If you think, yes, I'm a biker, but if I was a party clown, I would do my promos like this, and then they ask you to do it, you will not be star, you know, or yeah. stunned into like not speaking. You'll at least have something in your brain. So think about that, guys. I love that bit of information from William. Yeah, man, that is a golden nugget right <laughs> For there. For sure. That's, if you don't take anything else away from that episode, I think that's a great one, but we got some more to come, so keep listening. So um, – here we go. I, I told you it was coming, and we're going to talk about it right now. This is one that I'm, I'm you know, this, this one hits a little hard for me, and I'll get into why here in a second. So the most important things that you have to make a connection with an audience are your eyes. Yes, your eyes. And a lot of guys probably just heard me say that, and they're like, well, wait a minute. I, you know, there's a lot of famous wrestlers that didn't even have their eyes out. Well, let's get into it. All right, so if you believe in yourself and your persona, it's going to be very evident in your eyes. You cannot show any real emotion without using your eyes. So if you're interested in being taken seriously, then never wear anything to cover them. That is straight from William Regal. And I know that you guys just thought the same thing that I did. What about Bret Hart? What about um, The Rock during promos a lot of times? Um, I understand that, guys, uh, and and personally, I and Bret Hart has been, you know, in his book, he even talked about like I didn't really know what to do with my eyes, so I always covered him up with sunglasses, and then he would use that. He would take the sunglasses off when he came to the ring and give them to a fan. That's awesome. I took that into my personal life. I always wore these goggles that kind of fit my comic book persona in promos because I really didn't know what to do with my eyes. And so I covered my eyes a lot during promos. And I did that for the majority of my time as a pro wrestler. And when I made a, a, a brief return a few years back, I specifically decided to no longer cover my eyes. I was trying to set myself apart from my previous stint as a pro wrestler. I, was, I left because of injury. I came back because of healing. And I specifically decided to not cover my eyes anymore because I was like, I have to set myself apart now. I have to, you know, I've heard these things like from William Regal about being expressive to the eyes. And I really have to try this. So this is, I'm going to go back to William Regal here. So this is from his, his article. This statement of, of never being taken seriously if you cover your eyes is going to offend a lot of people. But very few people look cool wearing sunglasses indoors. There are many, many big stars who have worn them. But you're going to find, if you really go back and watch, that most of them take them off when they're trying to make a serious point. Or maybe, and I, that, that right there, so I'm going to relate it to you, or relate it to, to you guys so you can see something in your mind. He says, a lot of big stars who have worn sunglasses, yes, but 
Most of them take them off when they're trying to make a serious point. That's The Rock, right? So that you can look at The Rock. The Rock would get to the end. He would cut his whole promo in sunglasses. And when he got to the very, very end, when he's trying to be super, super serious, the sunglasses would drop down the nose and you would see his eyes. Super effective. And then now the next sentence Regal says here is, or that person just has that special magic that only about one in a million have. I would say that's Bret Hart. I would say that, yes, Bret Hart pretty much never took his glasses off until he got to the ring. He's a... Guys, uh, I hate to break it to you, but you're probably not Bret Hart. He's one in a million, okay? It worked for him, but it probably isn't working for you. Don't shoot yourself in the foot if you haven't even tried connecting to the audience using your eyes yet. So, guys, really, really think about that when you're cutting your promos. And if you're doing it at home, like I told you, if you're looking in a mirror or if you're recording yourself, cut your promo in your glasses, take your glasses off, cut the same promo. And don't just, you know, just have your eyes uncovered. Use them. Use your eyes. Connect with people. I have found in the ring, and this goes to business and and stuff as well, when you make solid eye contact with people, if you're in the ring in the middle of a match and you make freaking eye contact with somebody in the front row, it is so effective, guys. And you can bring a fan onto your side just by making them feel seen. Because like I I said uh, in previous episodes, a lot of fans, especially the most passionate one, wanted to be you. They wanted to be wrestlers. And whatever happened in life, they didn't make it or they haven't made it yet even. They may be young, you know, they haven't made it yet or maybe something in life has prevented them from trying to be a pro wrestler. But in one way or another, they want to be you. And if you can make that connection with them, all of a sudden they're as close to in the ring as they could possibly be. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. would say every indie show I've ever gone to, mm-hmm. there's maybe yeah. you know five to ten guys yeah, right yeah. in the front right. that that yeah. they are just begging yes. for someone to make eye attention. contact and give them yeah. interaction and attention. 100%. I mean, so. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Absolutely. So really, really, really think about that one, okay? We got one more tip from Regal. It's very, very brief, but it's very, very important. It's also a little more, um, I don't know, uh, it, it's a little more hard to define, but we're gonna, we got to hit it. This is the final tip today from Regal. So... Everyone takes ideas and inspiration from others, just like myself, taking inspiration from comic books or whatnot. And um, this is from Regal. That's okay. It's natural. But you have to fight to make it your own. Make those ideas your own and become an original. Okay, so I couldn't... If I just dressed like Batman, called myself Batman, and came to the ring like Batman, and talked like Batman, I mean, come on, guys. I'm just a parody at that point, right? But if I take inspiration from, I don't know, the, the fundamental values of the Batman character, or Spider-Man, Aaron was talking about Spider-Man earlier, you know, Spider-Man's whole thing was with great power comes great responsibility. So maybe that great power is the championship you just won for the company. You're representing the whole company. You have great power. So now you have great responsibility to not just look and feel and act like a pro wrestler, but to perform in the ring like a pro wrestler. So... Really, really think about that, guys. If you take inspiration from something, if you take inspiration from The Rock or from Hulk Hogan or from Batman or from Spider-Man or from um, Tony Montana or whatever it might be, um, take inspiration, yes, that's wonderful. But don't just be a parody. Make it your own. Make it fit your personality. Be honest. Be self-aware. How are you going to make this character work for yourself? Do you just think it's cool? And you're like, oh, I love that. That's cool. Or does it actually work? Does it fit with you? Does it relate to you as a person? So make things your own. And most importantly, the last line in William Regal's whole article, I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Hit it hard with you right now. Be an original. Yes. All right. There you go, guys. I think we have talked about some freaking awesome stuff today. 
I think that William Regal is one of the most well-respected guys that I would want to listen to, without a doubt. If you ever have an opportunity to read anything published by Regal, um, he has a book as well. It's an old book. I, w- I would love, wish he would write a new one because his, his old book is fantastic. But I would love to he's, – he's had – 30 extra years after he's written that one. So I would love to hear another book from him. Um, I love William Regal. I, he has, he, he wrote a blog for a long time. They're still out there to read. Some of them are old, but they're out there to read. And if you've never read them before, boy, are they good. All you gotta do is hit on Google. I, I might put a link in this to, to at least, um, this article that yeah. I was talking about specifically, but, um, you can Google them real easy and find them. So, all right, guys. Um, Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify if you've enjoyed this podcast, okay? We're dropping this stuff free to you every single Thursday. Give us a like. Give us a share. Five stars is great if you really mean it. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. think we're five stars, okay, I get that. But uh, talk to me before you give us one star, okay? <laughs> I don't think anybody's giving us that. So uh, just uh, please give us a subscription on iTunes and Spotify. It helps us out tremendously to get you guys these free podcasts every single week. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.